On tonight's Dad Band Land, here's some of what we're going to be talking about. I know you want to say something. Say nothing. Nothing. Not Hit it! So you tie up your hair and you smile like it's no big deal. Take off your idols, take off the runway, take off the Cairo, take off the Sandro, pay five days stay, take off for the meal, hello. Everybody, the it is DBL. the uh, it is DBL. It is the end of the year. Happy New Year to everybody. We love you, Dad Band Land, the Happy podcast that that explores all the music we love and you love from the point of view of a neighborhood cover band. I'm your host, Adam Felber. Oh, I am your co-host, Kevin Burt. I am your tri-host, Jeffy Branion. And Jeffy Branion, what's in the uh, the jukebox tonight? In Jeffy's jukebox, favorite songs of 2020. That's right. We're doing music that is new for the first time ever. I know we might be losing our base on this one, but you know what? A year is over <laughs> ending. We have to acknowledge that. Meanwhile, talking past. about music that is not new, right over there, our our quad host, it's Brian Frank, owner of Brian's Two House hosts. of Wax. Brian, how are you? I am I'm wonderful and I'm super wonderful because listeners, <laughs> I got to choose Tonight's House of Wax, to, to pull back the curtain a little bit, typically it's a group decision, and I mostly stay out of it and let the others select our uh, platter, but uh, I chose tonight's record, which is the Grateful Dead's Europe 72. Yeah, you did. It's kind of deceptive that you call it an album when it's really a double album. When oh, it's a true. triple album. Triple album. Triple album. Yeah, and um, and you definitely picked that album, Brian. There, that is one thing that is indisputable. This was Brian's choice. <laughs> Brian, may I tell our listeners the somewhat melancholy reason why you got to choose that behemoth this week? <laughs> sure. All right, everybody. Here at the end of the year, it's I'm sad to announce, but it's not. It's bittersweet that Brian Frank has so much business coming up in the new year with all the bands that he is managing that he will be touring the country and on sabbatical from dad band land we will still have brian's house of wax with platters that matter that brian picked but brian is going to be 
uh, heard but not seen as often over the next year or so. Brian, you want to say anything about that? We love you, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry to to not be able to have the time to participate in this every week, and I'm going to contribute as much as I possibly can and, of course, bring the records to listen to each week from my personal collection and hopefully uh, report in. More like this uh, week, I hope. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and um, yeah, and hopefully report in from some of the uh, the glamorous places I will be visiting around this world. That is really year. exciting because you are going yeah. all over the world this year, right? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a big one. It's really fun, and you know I like to try to retain a, a modicum of integrity on the show by not uh, <laughs> pushing. <laughs> All, all of Not my clients, but, your wares. right? But um, but I, I will be happy to do so uh, when possible. I just want to be clear that that one of us cannot do this show full time because they're so successful at music. Because music yeah. has been so successful in your life that you can't. That's how legit we are. I'm just making sure that this is yeah, clearly that's realized. Like, that's how legit. He us. Us. <laughs> That's us. I said us. us. He He's, look, it's a group effort, and thereby right. we are legit by his legitimacy. Hey. Well, listen, you guys are the only ones that are in an actual band. Sure. Sure. And let's say that's a great segue. Let's segue to that. Let's segue to the less successful part of our uh, of our enterprise, which is <laughs> mine and Kevin's band, because we, we we have a gig coming up really soon, Kevin, and What's the song we're going to be talking about this week? Let's break one down. Well, we've been learning new songs, which has been exciting because um, yeah, because you get a little bit tired. Even when they're so exciting songs, you get tired of playing songs, even in a cover band. So we started playing um, uh, the uh, Rack on Tours, Steady As She Goes, which is a great song. What a track. What a track. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it fits by general concept of what makes a great song which is it doesn't have to be complicated it's literally the same riff repeated for the whole time a couple breakdowns and same four chords too although there are interesting chords chords. it's like a b minor to an f sharp major to a a to an e or something like that it's kind of a cool pattern it's a cool pattern it's a it's a kind of traditional pattern but how it's played it's played like a little half beat Right, there's that note that kind of goes. There's like a half beat yeah. between each chords, and it's great. It's just killer. It's not a lot for a guitar player to have to do, which is also fun. Um, it's it's got a lot of rhythm section. It's got a lot. Yeah, it's of got a lot of bass. bass. Mar- Marcus is killing it on the bass, and Trey is killing it on the drums. Uh, for my part, it, there is kind of a cool organ part that kind of pulses on the quarter note, so it kind of finds its way. It's it's the it's the um, anchor to which the funk is attached by your guitar line and the bass line. Um, You said organ. Organ. It's an organ patch. I haven't... There's a patch on my organ, Jeffy. (laughs) Yeah, baby. All right. Um, And and if you haven't listened to both Raconteurs albums, that's uh, Brendan Benson and Jack White's super band, and they are super. Both both records, I think, are fantastic. So we've never played the song in front of another humans outside of the band, so I'm hoping it goes over well. But first time we played it, we all looked at each other and thought, this sounds great. Like, it's just right in the zone of what we do well, which is songs with Uh four chords played very simply. So, yes, that's what we do very well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's recommended to any of you guys who have dad bands out there. It's although it sounds complicated because of that kind of hinky, funky rhythm. It's a very, very approachable song with uh, with approachable vocals. I think too. I I agree, especially if you're not going to do the high pitched harmonies that Jack White does. And I'm just going to say that we don't do those. 
put that out there right now. They have Thanks been omitted from our version. Yes. This is a night of pulling back the curtain. And uh, and keeping with that, let's move on to our next segment because um, I'm calling it a segment. I was chastened by that note I got two weeks ago. Uh, listeners who, yes, that we're that we've made it too obscure what our segments are about. Um, so we're moving to the segment that we call Jeffy's Jukebox where we simulate a fun little juke joint down the street <laughs> at, which the, at which the proprietor of the establishment, Jeffy Brandon, has stocked his jukebox with something fantastic every week, but always around a central theme. Jeffy, why don't you introduce your jukebox? Well, it's the end of the year, and we're all happy and approaching the end with gusto and optimism. And there's been a lot of great music this year, and we'd like to celebrate it with the, our favorite songs of 2022. Welcome to Jeffy's Jukebox. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And you know what? To be clear, and we had to answer this question a number of times over the week with Brian Frank, these are the best songs from the calendar year 2022 released. That's right. They still make new music, and it was released in 2022. Because Brian kept asking if they could be songs he discovered in 2022. No, I, that's not that's not what I said. Okay. That's not oh, what I right, said. right. It's not what you said. You actually said, does yeah. that mean you have to listen to music from 2022? Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah. That's what you said. That's what you said. So yeah, I just want to yeah, give that yeah. parameter out there because because I, I make a playlist for every year, you know, when, a, you're, when when Apple Music and iTunes started, I would lose new songs if I bought a song. And so I started making these playlists of the individual year. I even break it down by seasons so that I put them in there so I know where I can find them so they don't end up lost in my, you know, massive amount that's, of music. On that's my, not sad that's at really all. Smart. Yeah. yeah, no. That's really smart. I like that. <laughs> well, and I, it gets crazy. Yeah, I it. it gets I crazy. I wish I had done that. It gets crazy. I I've, been, I I've been doing it since the, since the 2000s. <laughs> and then I backtracked. I did a backtrack. I actually went through my whole, all my whole collection and made playlists no, for every didn't. year's every year that I've been listening to music from like 1984 okay. till today. Anyhow, but that's be, a side Before note. we delve into that what? anal methodology, let's have yes. Jeffy give his first song. Uh, Shall we let's get have to Jeffy the song? Kick us off. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'll start us out with a, a great song that almost needs no introduction, but uses samples from a hit from the 70s, and you just can't help but feel good listening to this song. course is summer renaissance from beyonce's renaissance yeah great choice i thought of going dipping into renaissance i'm glad i didn't because i knew that somebody would that was a great album i mean it really was um she doesn't miss you come for the queen just hit after hit and the most uplifting thing that you can listen to yeah 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 great Great well, choice. Endorsed. Yeah. Great Thanks. choice. Yeah. Full on endorsement. 
Let's go on to Brian Frank. Ah, okay. Uh, my song is a new, new song. Came out like two weeks ago, something like that, three weeks ago. Is this the corn song again? Is, it, is the corn song the only song you listened to in 2022? <laughs> no, 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 no. intro, dude. <laughs> no, no. This is, a, this is a song from just a couple of weeks ago that will be included on an album that isn't coming out until April 14th, 2023. Oh. So that's how futuristic I am. Let's just uh, This is a song from it. the future. This is a song that will be I'm on guessing. wax in the future. I am guessing what this is. Go, Jeffy. Just play it. Just drop that shit. I didn't think I needed a new Metallica song. Who needs a new Metallica song? Really? There are plenty. There are plenty that I've lived with for years and years and years. And God damn it, they came out with this song, and I think it's probably their best song in like 25 years. Yeah, wow. You know what? We have What's not discussed this song, have we? We have not discussed this song. The song is called Lux Eterna, and it will be from their forthcoming album, 72 Seasons, and they... They did it right. They surprise dropped the song, the video, announced the world tour, announced the album, did it all, bam. And uh, it, was, it was pretty seismic. I, and I was surprised. I, I've been uh, not as into their more recent stuff, and this is, this is a killer. I'm, I'm with you, Brian. Awesome. In fact, Thanks for bringing fact, it. The fact that it was dropped like that, like you said, I had just started to assume they got to a well-earned semi-retirement this this song dropped and this video dropped and I was like they've still got a lot of life in them holy shit there's a lot more to go yeah great song awesome thanks awesome yeah thank Ryan. you Brian Kevin you love that one so much let's go with you next all right mine is the exact opposite of that song despite how much I love that song um, we have talked on this podcast about my fandom of Harry Styles, which makes me a Gen Zer, perhaps. I don't know what this makes me, but I am a fan, big fan of Harry Styles. And I loved his record. It was my album of the summer that I listened to a lot. His, <laughs> and uh, this, I'm picking one song, though. There's a lot of great songs in this record. I'm picking a song called Matilda, and it is just acoustic guitar and vocals, and then in the middle of it, it turns to piano and vocals. Very minimalist. It's got, it's got great Great, great guitar part. Also, though, great lyrics. This is one of those songs in which I enjoy, I've heard the lyrics, like the lyrics, and think they're an important part of the song. So that, this is a... Wow. Yeah, I've come a long way on this that song. That says a lot. <laughs> this All is right. Matilda. So you tie up your hair and you smile like it's no big deal You can let it go You can throw a party full of everyone you know not invite your family because they never showed you love you don't have to be sorry for leaving and growing up mm -hmm. 
It's funny because I, I thought you were going to bring another uh, acoustic-y, gentle, beautiful tune, uh, the the new uh, David Lee Roth song, but I guess I was wrong. <laughs> I, Nothing I could have a, stopped us back then anyway. I, 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 I thought that was your that, other, oh, is that your other song? No, though? no, no. But that, oh, by the way, that David Lee Roth song is a great song. It actually is a song that, that dates from prior to 2022. So that was my... This is a throughout the year. Oh, okay. oh no, but I, I look. I put an effort in Brian to pick artists that were relevant in 2022 as well, and that's there are plenty of things I could have picked that were I, irrelevant. I, I went back and forth about a lot too. So many relevant artists, yeah. I, like the one that Adam picked. Yeah, here I go. Although I do want to say, Kevin, I'm 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 pleased that your 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 sense of self esteem and that you rate yourself as sort of a Gen Zer when it comes to your Harry Style fandom and not some kind of creepy Gen Xer. <laughs> no, why would I be? Why would it be that? No, it is weird. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I would be waiting in line for his autograph, but I can enjoy Harry Styles. No, yes. absolutely, and you do. Um, yeah, all right, so. I, Kevin, you'll like this one. Um, I went back and forth. I had a lot of possible choices, but this is an album by somebody that 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 I just love a lot. The whole world loves him a lot, and you know when you get it when you get an album from somebody you love a lot you have to spend some time with it and decide is this great or am i a little disappointed and i got to tell you i'm a little disappointed with the totality of Kendrick Lamar's album this year you know the, the, I would agree. um it's I would agree. it's good and there's some great stuff on it but all in all it's not one that i'm going to be listening to as much as the last two which were masterpieces mm. i thought um I however there are some great songs on it including this one hit it jimmy world outside take off your idols take off the runway take off the cairo take off the sandro pay five days day take off the meal hella final take off the far flat take off perception take off the cop with the hot patch Take off the allure, take off the unsure, take off the decisions I had. Take off the fake deep, take off the fake woke, take off the I'm broke, I care. Take off the gossip, take off the new logic, they're the farm rich, I'm real. Take off the should know, take off the doje, take off the broken bag. Take all the designer board off and what do you have? You ugly as you out of pocket. Two ATMs, you stepping away, you out of I gotta say, it is a mark of how fucking awesome Kendrick Lamar has already been that he could put out an album with a few cuts of that quality and have us be disappointed in the album as a whole. Right. Because there is some ridiculously great <laughs> stuff on that, that album. That is a ridiculous high standard. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> and he fucking said it's his fault. Yeah. Yeah, but there is there is so much. I, I would say there is like five, easily five, crucial Kendrick Lamar cuts on that album, and that is one of them. That's N95, by the way. I think it's the third cut on the album. Absolutely that was on my short time. list. That made it to my short list, but I, I figured it might yeah, make your list. mine too. <laughs> Excellent. Mine do, too. do you guys want to do a quick round where we don't do needle drops, but we just give some honorable mentions maybe? Yeah. That's good to me. All right. I'll start. Uh, I'm going to mention a song from the... New Minions movie. Hmm. Wow. I know. Minions Rise of Gru. And uh, you know what? I am going to make you listen to 30 seconds of this Do because it. this is Diana Ross and Tame Impala. Oh, wow. With Turn Up the Sunshine. It's a light at the end of the tunnel if you stay on track. But I know any minute when your fingers turn it up like snap. So hard to lose like that. You can turn the sunshine, you can 
sunshine. Oh, right. man. Turn up the sunshine. That was great. Nobody can follow that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, more, no more needle drops. We're That's done. It. We're done. Yeah, let's no more go needle to the, drops. That's it. Yeah, let's, let's go to commercial. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want any other honorable mentions? I, I, I think you're right, Brian. I think that pretty much caps off this segment. Hey, there was other good music this year, and we encourage you to listen to it. Dad Bandland will be right back. <laughs> DBL. DBL. DBL is back, Dad Bandland, everybody, Woo. Dad Bandland, and wow, we are... Um, we made it. We're now going to introduce the segment where we talk about an album. <laughs> uh-huh, a musical album? And we tend to do that with some sort of uh, imagistic thing where we introduce... Uh, where we kind of turn the segment itself into a physical location that is creepy. Oh, and a look, pretend location. <clears throat> a pretend it's a location. house of sorts. <laughs> it's a haunted yeah. house of sorts, but for some weird reason, there's a for lease sign on it. Mm. <laughs> As though say, somebody's it's, going to be renting out rooms in it. To let. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, some, a, it's a short-term rental. A short-term. Sublet, sub-let right. lease. I get it. I get it. Well, hey, maybe, we could, guys, hey, maybe man. we could move into it like the monkeys. Yeah, exactly. Hey, sir, on the porch, how much does this place rent for, and what do you call it? Ooh, well, that's wow. an intriguing name for a place. That's an intriguing name. I still don't know what the rent is, wow. but that's an intriguing name for a place. It's two catalytic converters a week. <laughs> <laughs> still don't have my car back. Brian Frank, I was um, ask. <laughs> Brian Frank oh. talk to us about what's in your house of three platters of wax this week. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, I really, I really stretched everyone out this time uh, with the Grateful Dead's eighth album uh, called Europe '72, which was originally released on November fifth, nineteen seventy-two. Wax facts. It was a triple album. That's triple album. Three albums. Uh, and it was also their third live album. So I think this I is. Important. We were only doing one album a week. <laughs> so. So the Grateful Dead is really known for their live show. That's the experience of the band. And over the years, they released a number of live albums to try to capture that experience. And this is the first uh, appearance in, in the gatefold of this record where there's the quote, there is nothing like a Grateful Dead concert. Mm. Uh, and that had become a saying over the years for the Grateful Dead. So it, it's crazy to think about the, the chronology of this, that this is their eighth album. They put out... Three studio albums, 67, 68, and 69. Then their first live album in 69. Then two more studio albums in 1970. Then a live album in 71. This live album. And then another live album in 1973. <laughs> so you could you could tell they were on to something. Um, this, this one was important uh, because it's their last with uh, Pigpen. Uh, Ron McKernan, who is one of their lead singers and a co-founder of the band. Uh, this um, was his, his final tour with the band. Uh, his next to last show was the last show of this tour. Uh, a month later, he played his final show with the band at the Hollywood Bowl here in L.A. Uh, on June 17, 72. Didn't really sing. He was in really bad shape. And, and he died uh, March of 73. Oh, wow. Uh, sadly. Wow. Um, and it's also their first album, and this is complimentary to Pigpen being, you know, in the state he was in. 
their first album with Keith Gottschow, who had joined in September 71 on keyboards and to add some of that instrumentation that Pigpen was playing, and also his wife, Donna Jean Gottschow, who joined in March 72. And I mention that because this tour that happened, that's documented in this album, started on April 7th, 1972. So she had just joined the band a month prior to this. Um, they went to Europe, uh, as in the name, uh, for a 22-show, 46-day tour that went from April to May. And the tour was so expensive, and uh, they required tour support from the label. And not to get too inside baseball on this, but there are times when record labels will actually give money to bands to help them tour, to help break into new markets. And it was so expensive that the label thought it'd be a good idea to recoup some of these costs if they recorded a live album. So they brought along a 16-track recorder and recorded every single show on this tour. Hmm. Um, these shows were eventually <laughs> released in 2011. Guys, if you liked this one, there's, <laughs> there's a 73 <laughs> CD box set. Oh my of the God. complete recordings I of literally every note that was played. I noticed that there's a quite a few of them are on Apple Music right now. Yes, yes. And um, and so I will say, and the reason why I chose this one, not just for the, the 50th anniversary for you guys, is this is one of their most commercially successful albums, one of their most critically acclaimed albums. Uh, it peaked at number 24 in the States and stayed on the charts for 24 weeks. The other, and this is this is the end of my wax facts because I really want to hear your guys' reaction to this. The other interesting part about it and, and why I think it, it was successful is of the 17 songs in the album, 12 of them were new. So it was really almost like a new album, but it was a live album. Uh, there were only five old songs and those old songs, one from their first album, three from the albums that had just come out right before that and one from the year before that. So it's very recent material for them and 12 new songs that have become, think about it, the live versions are the definitive versions mm -hmm. of these, you know, the first recordings and it becomes staples in the band's career in the intervening 50 years. Quick, so, quick question, did they end up re-recording yeah. any of these studios as studio songs after this or no mm -hmm. these are the only no. recordings that exist of these, these new the songs this yeah. is going to be yeah. so interesting i want to remind our listeners and, and if we have new listeners which we do um we've mentioned the grateful dead on this show several times and the context <laughs> is usually that brian likes them and yes. that nobody <laughs> else uh, yeah kevin and Listen, i have complained about being part of a jamming group that kind of went in a dead direction and we stopped going um <laughs> uh, we I'm have sure it went it always we, was maybe yeah, and we, uh, we've mentioned that I attended a Grateful Dead concert in college just because I never had before, passed out outside. Um, uh, but me and Jeffy and Kevin have never said a, a kind word about the dead until Brian made <laughs> oh, us listen to Brian, this. Brian, no, and we have made it clear, and I'm going to make it clear yet again, I'm doing this for Brian. I, <laughs> I like Brian so much as a friend and a co-host that I'm willing to listen to a triple Grateful triple. Dead album. That's, yeah, I did this too. Is, I mean, this is. I just want you to know. Yeah, I, this is. A I definitely didn't know it was a triple album <laughs> when I started listening to it. Yeah. And you know, my mom always said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, who Jeffy, wants? I think you froze there. I no, think he, froze. I don't think he did. Yeah, there's something wrong with my connection. <laughs> so who who wants to start? Um, you know what? I can I can start, and I was I this your say, first Grateful Dead album, Kevin? Not only is it the first Grateful Dead album I listened to, these this is the first time I made it to an end of a Grateful Dead song, and I wow. I've I've never finished a song, <laughs> so. I, and so I just, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm with Jeffy because I was trying to make, keep this very positive and I do have some, I have questions. I definitely have some questions about this. Um, I, I, hey, not just Brian. I mean, I have plenty of friends. We have friends, Adam, you know, and whatnot that are musician friends, smart people who genuinely, unironically like the Grateful Dead. And like mm-hmm. I like music that is objectively terrible, so I'm not saying this in any way to be, to you know, th- there's no, there's no, like music is so subjective. There's no way anything's good or bad. But I find certain things fascinating. I'm like, why would it, why would people be attracted to X and not be attracted to Y? Like, what about your personality? Does this reveal my belief with some, a band like Kiss? Is if you get into Kiss before ten, you're gold. If you don't, you can't ever get in. And I feel like that must be something about the Grateful Dead. If you get into the Grateful Dead either at a certain age or because you enjoy a certain, you know, uh, method of, of altering your brain chemistry, that's like the entryway to this band. And I put this on. I did not hate it. I will say this. I did not hate it. I... Wow, that's praise. Yeah, I... It... <laughs> Look, as a music fan, it's important to push outside your boundaries, right? You know, like we we all, you know, yeah. everyone yeah. wants to repeatedly dwell on the same music that we loved at 15. I've been definitely uh, uh, someone who's done that. You know, it's it's important to challenge really? yourself and try new things. Yes. Can you believe that? And <laughs> uh, you? And uh, the strange thing about this music and everything about it is this is 100% in the comfort zone. Like, I think my problem is that everything is, nothing's too challenging, nothing's too unexpected, everything's sort of, it's comfort music. When every song starts, I kind of know how it's going to be for the next eight minutes. That being said, you know, I, I listened to this, Wrapping Some Presents, I was, songs were on, they were fine. I, I saw that there was a 13-minute version of Truckin' coming up, and I was dreading that, thinking this is going to be a gross experience. And I was, while I was Wrapping Presents, I was like, that's pretty pleasant. This isn't too bad. You know what I mean? Like, so that's just more like a peak experience. Yeah, and so I guess I guess <laughs> it's what people want. For, yeah, it's what people want from their music. You know, like I I want things to challenge me and, and maybe be atonal and angry, and that actually makes listeners that I'm friends with or my wife angry to hear in the room. Grateful Dead is I. It's clearly for people who want their music to just to, to be a comforting friend. You know what? Here, I'll just, I have one, I have one quick, say. you know, we all had a friend, like maybe in high school, who was sort of like mediocre at stuff. <laughs> and, and like, you know, not so, not the smartest person, not the funniest person, not, not the most talented person. But you see, you see as they grow up that they maybe got married and they have good, they have a good job and a happy family. And you're like, you know what? I'm really glad that person's doing well. I'm probably not going to hang out with that person. I never think... But I'm glad they're doing well. And I feel that way about this Grateful Dead album. I looked around. I'm like, you know, I'm glad they have success and a fan base and they can release a triple album that sells this many records. It's not for me. It's just not going to be my okay. music. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, who's next? I mean, Jeffy? Well, I, yeah, go ahead. I'll jump in because, you know, I'm, I'm 
hopeful that maybe Adam can provide some contrast, but I'm pretty much with Kevin on this one. <laughs> it made me feel like an old person in 1972. <laughs> it made me feel like all of this music sounds the same. And wow, I'm not a singer, but I know what harmony is, and that's not it. <laughs> all right. I, again, I didn't have any like, oh, I'm super angry moments. Right. But I also didn't have any moments of inspiration or uh, empathy. And so it it kind of left me cold. Mm-hmm. But I get it. I get I. The thing about listening to a triple album is you're kind of forced to get it like, a, you know, one album, whatever. You can be like, mm, I can't quite grok this. I fully grok it, and it's not for me. For the record, you just okay. use grok. Use the word grok in relation to a Grateful Dead album. Just want to point that out. That's a, that's a Heinlein <laughs> some, reference some to point. the Grateful Dead. And uh, and it, <laughs> two, well. I, I, this is the first time I've noticed anyone express a Stockholm syndrome. Use the word grok? No, no, uh, no. I write animation. I hear the word grok far more than you would think. <laughs> but uh, no, that uh, that used like sort of a Stockholm syndrome you know, parallel to their enjoyment of the triple record that by the, they couldn't, that by the end of it, they made it to the end of it. You sort of got used to it. It's inescapable by the end. Yeah. Again, 13 minutes of trucking found relatively pleasant. Yeah. Was dreading it All by right. the time and, it showed up. And, and when you, when you have a song that is, you know, optimistically named epilogue, <laughs> but then there are two songs afterwards. Yes. It, it's sort of, <laughs> And one of those songs is 11 minutes long. Damn it, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right, here, uh, let me let me let me offer some some my perspective, which is going to start pretty much where you guys started, because I took my dog for a walk in the park and started listening to this. And it was the same sounds that I heard out of like, you know, Amy's stereo when I would visit her room freshman year and she had all those stacked cassette tapes of dead things and she'd be like hey let me put on 1977 and and I'd sit there with a bunch of people you know maybe four of us and I'd be the one who didn't get it right um, and you were the odd and, one out. And after a while, I stopped like, hanging I'm out with Deadheads. Amy uh, brought out 77, though, because that was a great year <laughs> yeah. for shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she had a whole stack of the cassette tapes. <laughs> yeah, she I was. Amy she was. knew what she was yeah, talking yeah. about, pulling out the not, tapes not an amateur. 77. And I was yeah. walking through the park with my dog thinking, like, you know, I remembered quips I'd made on this very show about the dead. I think I called them jazz with training wheels at one point. Um <laughs> And and you know when I got to the I got to uh, one more Saturday night, which is like song number three, um, and I thought you know fuck it if I'm I if I'm gonna listen to an album this long, I'm gonna really give it a chance in a way that I've never given the dead a chance. And so one night this week, I settled down in bed with my best headphones, put this on, got a little bit high, and listened carefully, hoping that something would happen. And for Four or five songs, nothing fucking happened. Um, (laughs) 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 But then, you know what? Something did. At some point, I started paying attention in a way that I'd never paid attention to the dead before to 
the five musical voices on stage together. Really, the main four. The bass player, your two guitarists, and uh, the bass player is unbelievable, by the way. Um, and I started... He's I, incredible. B- yeah, I started taking it in on the level of um, listening to how these guys were doing this all together. Then I started realizing there's nobody there playing a traditional rock and roll part. It just sounds like a traditional rock and roll band because they're all filling in each other's gaps, as it were. By the time I got to the end of Sugar Magnolia, which is cut 11, live in Paris, and listening to the way that their new piano player was working with um, Jerry Garcia and how the two of them were leaning on the bass player to get to the kind of... uh, call it an epiphany that they get to at the end, I was locked in. I get wow. it now. For the first time ever, I got The Dead. And for me, what The Dead became was, oh, this is why people are listening to them all the time, because they're never doing the same thing twice. They're never, it's never anything but an ongoing conversation. Yes, in a style of music I don't particularly dig. Yes, the overall sound can numb you to them. And if, so if you're not paying close attention, you're just getting a wash of Ursat's Grateful Dead sounds. But for a good hour... In my room, late at night, for the first time, I got the dead and the wow. conversation that's taking place between them and, I'm guessing, between all their listeners. There are there are moments where you're like, oh, that moment could never happen again, like my, what might happen on a really good um, jazz cut. And so I came out of that list thinking, I might not spend much time with the dead in the future. I probably won't, but for the first time ever, I get it. Well, let me. Can wow. I follow that up with? First of all, you're talking about the sexual sound of it. Yeah, I was going through it, thinking like, like I'm glad there's an adult version of the country bear jamboree, right? I'm glad that sort of exists. You know, it just sort of has, <laughs> <laughs> has that that feel to it, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's what this is. I'm I'm on board with this now. But to your point of of musicianship. I'm with you in it. None of these things, you know, like it, it is, you have to pay close attention to how they're interacting with each other. But I wanted anybody, just every, every solo would come up and it would be perfectly executed and not very interesting because of its perfect execution. Like I was just dying well, not, for somebody I, 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 to, if I can to contradict your little bit to miss there. a note, to bend something wrong, to be so it's into it that, that they weren't hitting it right. It's not like other, what I came to understand is it's not like other solos. A Jerry Garcia solo is, he's not standing up at the front of the stage and taking it no, for a while. There's no passion because to what he's doing. No, 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 no. What's happening, at least in terms of me listening to it that night, is his solo is completely dependent on what the accompanists around him are doing during his solo. He's picking up little bits of what Lesh is playing and little bits of what Weir is playing and little bits of what's coming off the piano. And the reason that you're not getting a traditional rock and roll solo is because it's not. It's not really a solo. It's no, just not one member are. of the ensemble being being featured a little bit more than other members. But I wouldn't even and I think compare it to Brian, rock. Brian can back me up or yeah. not back me up, but that's what I heard. Yeah. But that, so that's what we're going to add yeah. to that real quick. Yeah, I would say it certainly doesn't follow the rock thing, but I thought it might even follow a jazz-esque thing. It does I actually, I actually no. feel excited about this solo and not sure where it's going to go. It's clear where it's going to go from when it starts, and that's that's why this will <laughs> never be my type of music. Do you know what I mean? It's clear yeah. where we're going to go. So, Adam, I think you, you crystallized the point of it perfectly, and now I'm going to really throw something at you guys. So this is not one of my go-to Grateful Dead records. This is not my go-to Grateful Dead era. And that's the thing that you really touched on, Adam, which is 
from here on out, the live thing of the Grateful Dead and how they play together and how every night is different and how they interact with one another on the songs goes a completely different way from here. So this is kind of like, to, to dive in a little deeper, this is like the end of the first phase of the band. Then they start getting way out. Like, and you guys are talking about jazz, like they have albums after this that are almost like jazz fusion records because they go on this whole other direction, this whole other trip. And again, that's the fun part about The Dead is because you can pick an era and pick a year and you can hear the differences. And there are times, Kevin, in different parts of their career where they are going off the rails and the solos are going off the rails and you're, it's a completely different I like it off the rails. Thing. I'd be intrigued by that. And so, yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's do. the thing. And so this... This era of it, like I said, this isn't really my go-to. I think it's probably their, one of their most commercially successful because it is more palatable, right? And the songs are shorter and more to the point and more country bear jammery. <laughs> I do want to say, I do want to say one thing though. Um, when Kevin, you were asking about, you're asking about were there studio versions of these new ones? Right. I do have to point out because Adam reminded me when he called out the song "One More Saturday Night." One More Saturday Night was actually on Bob Weir's solo debut as a studio version mm. released in May of 72, right? He had recorded it as studio solo before that tour, and then the band played it on this tour. So the band version is the only is only live, but there is a, a Bob, it's a Bob Weir song from his solo Oh, record. interesting. But, yeah. yeah. But I was going to say, you know, Adam, I think that you really crystallized the experience. It's like the 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 dichotomy of you and Kevin like you're right you could have it as a background sound and nothing's really going on and it's perfectly pleasant you can wrap presents and do the dishes <laughs> and you know then you can take the other approach as you go down a level of in the surface you can start exploring and and hearing new things but you're right it's not for everyone no <laughs> I do, I, although it, I do feel like this conversation is going to encourage me to listen to it again with a different set of ears because I did not have, as a non-musician, I didn't have that appreciation for the interplay. And I also didn't give it full focus. And I'm usually not giving our albums full focus, but it seems like this one may require it. Well, I'd say too, I'd recommend, because Adam mentioned 1977, if you're going to make another attempt, there's a, on Apple Music or Spotify, there's a show um, that was recorded at Cornell University in 1977. Check that out. And then you'll see a, a different, because you'll see a different version of the band and you'll see the different um, interplay between the musicians. And, and it's a whole, you'll be shocked that this is the same band as Europe 72. You're like, I thought I heard the Grateful Dead. This is a different thing. You know. Wow. Well, Brian, you did this to All us. All right, looking forward to that. <laughs> so, who recommends this album? We we always you know give it your thumbs up yeah, or your that's thumbs a, down. That's I think. A, you know this. You've raised a tough question because this is the first time we've had an album that ostensibly should be in our wheelhouse because it's essentially you know guitar piano music, but it is absolutely not the kind of music that it's not. It's not even country, which I don't really listen to, and it's not. It's its own. It's the country bear jamboree, but it's uh, it's its own thing. I I have to I could I mean if you like this thing, like if you like musicianship that's complex, a little bit subtle, 
never very exciting and always generally predictable. <laughs> this is the album for you. I don't think that's you. a fair analysis, but okay. But yeah. Um. <laughs> My, yeah I, I have one quick question before we go. Brian, was there, I mean, I don't know how many versions of this existed. I'm assuming nobody was there. That's why there's no crowd sounds anywhere in any of these, these mixes. What is the what what is the deal with? No, them? it's just straight. It's straight from the straight soundboard. From the they board. didn't mic. They, yeah, they didn't mic the audience. It's just straight from. Yeah, the it's soundboard. just. They brought a 16-track recorder. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating that there's such a successful. There were not enough tracks for the audience. Triple live album that has no no live audience. I've yeah. never actually heard that. I mean, I listen to Peter Frampton live. Yeah, I can hear the. They're crowd. there. Yeah. Okay. So I'm guessing that uh, Jeffy and Kevin, that's a thumb sideways. I'm gonna Th- give it a thumbs a, up. I'm thumb sideways. Like mine is a thumb toward another Grateful Dead <laughs> album five years later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give it a thumbs up because only because I'm glad that I figured out why I would like the Grateful Dead if I did. <laughs> it's a scholarly reaction to the Grateful Dead. I see. No, no, no. I had a very enjoyable experience with with them. I don't know that I would choose to go that way again because you know it took a lot of work, and it's as as I said, it's not my kind of music. Maybe I'll give 1977 a try. I know Amy would be happy about that. Sure, Amy would love that. Also, in 1972, you didn't have a lot else to do but listen to three albums worth of Grateful Dead. There just wasn't a lot to compete with your time, <laughs> and I think that's part of why it's so successful. You're the reason well, why Brian's I, leaving us, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate you guys putting in 100 minutes of effort towards something that you were completely not interested in, and I thank you for We're that. trying to grow. Oh, was, We're growing was, here, and we did this for you, Brian. Brian. I'm glad we did Come this. on, Brian. It was 120 minutes. One hour, 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> in um, any case, uh, yeah. that, that, all right, so there we go. Brian, we did it, and um, we, some of us got something out of it. We all got something out of it, and yeah, it's the journey. Yeah, I think we all got something out of it. I like to be challenged. Yes, And thank you for that. Dan Van Land, speaking of challenges, we're going to bring you some hidden treasures when we come back. DBL. DBL has returned. And as promised, we are going with one of our two favorite ending segments tonight, Hidden Treasures. Those are songs that never really got the due that they deserved. They never received their due. (laughs) And, uh, and now they're going to they get done, done. but yeah. didn't get their due. <laughs> and now, um, let's see. Uh, Jeffy has uh, decided on an order because he's the only one uh, since he's our DJ tonight in the absence of Kyle McGraw. By the way, Kyle, we love you. Get well soon. Uh, we're going to start tonight with Adam. Okay. Um, you know, when this song was made isn't important. What's important is that this is a band that Kevin and me and Jeffy all love, and yet we never really talk about them, except with the ironic thought that maybe me and Kevin will set up a, um, <laughs> a cover band covering just this band stuff. And that, I'm Wait, talking, of course, ironic, about they might... ironic thought? You mean sincere <laughs> thought? This is a very sincere, sincere offer. On yeah. Kevin and I might do a They Might Be Giants cover band. And the fun about that is that I would play the keyboards and Kevin would play the guitar. And yet Kevin looks like John Linnell and I look like John Flansburgh. <laughs> so we're, we're, we'd be mixing it up. People from would the be first. confused. Our fans would be confused. Could you, could you please call it They Might Not Be Giants? Nice. We will call it They Might Not Be Giants. And anyway, They Might Be Giants, a musical duo from Brooklyn. They have been around for. Um, 40 years now, and they are fantastic. And uh, I picked this as a hidden treasure because it's a song of theirs that 
even fans of theirs might not think of as a, a song of theirs or certainly not one of their favorites. It's one of mine. It's called Experimental Film. Jeffy? The color of infinity inside an empty glass. I'm squinting my eyes. Experimental film by They Might Be Giants. Kevin, you looked a little confused. Are you familiar with that song? I have heard that song, but I'm not. It's not on my top level songs that I'm that I listen to that often. Remind me what record that's off of. I don't. You know what? I'd have to look it up. I think it's from 2004. So it's whatever. You okay. know, it's definitely late stage. They might be giants. Yeah. They, you know, they yeah, already I don't, I don't released all the it. stuff that you think of as classics. But no, I consider I this one it. to be one of their classics. It's a character. It's, it's a character. From the spine. It's from the spine. Yeah. Great. Oh. Great record. Um. And and to me, this song awesome. is as good as is some of their 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 biggest classics. I when they're at their best. They're portraying some crazy little obsessed schnooky character, and that's that's what you're getting here. <laughs> they they managed to do 16 songs in only 36. Yeah, minutes. They, they make songs yeah. the right length to me. They don't make that grateful. Yes, they yeah they they fit six songs into one trucking. <laughs> yeah. All right, who's next? That's that's mine. Experimental film. Delight to it, people. Next up is Kevin Burke. Okay, my hidden treasure. Is a hidden and, and forgotten treasure um, by by one of my favorite artists. This is we've talked on the show about Living Color, one of mine and Adam's favorite bands, like all of our favorite bands. You know, super exciting band came out in the late '80s. Um, in the late '90s, they'd kind of broken up, and their singer Corey Glover made a solo record in 1998 on LaFace Records, which is an outstanding album, top to bottom. And I'm picking a track off of that record, which I think is is tremendous we need to listen to it through its chorus and it is called april rain how much i love you so until the six turns into nine until the clock stops ticking I totally forgot about this album. And when this <laughs> album came out, I listened the hell out it of it. It was a great record. I listened to it all the time in the I, late 90s. I didn't listen to it. I didn't oh. listen to it. I remember I thinking, like, I. why would I want Living Color without Vernon Reed? Dude, now, I, now that I've heard this cut, I realize no, I why know. I do. Yeah, yeah, great. Up. That, that, and Brian, that's what I said. This is a hidden treasure that I had forgotten, too. Yeah. I listened to it all the time and then just kind of forgot about it. And uh, recently discovered it again through my iTunes. And it, it's great. Yeah. Wow. Who's next, Jeffy? Thanks, Kevin. It's Brian. 
Uh, let's just start with the music and then maybe I'll explain what this is. Maybe you guys will figure it out. <laughs> awesome. I think somebody locked all of the Gypsy Kings in a dungeon with only one guitar. <laughs> and this was how they were trying to signal that they needed to be let out? No? Mm, that's, a, that's a guess. Uh, <laughs> it's a, the yeah, song. I know the song. It's yeah, a, I'm, I'm singing it in my head. I'm getting to the title, though. <laughs> yeah. So playing uh, with my, uh, my favorite song of 2022 was on my mind. That is the struggle within, struggle within. Yes. from Metallica's Black album. Thought it but might that be is my client Rodrigo e Gabriela uh, oh. from their interpretation from the Metallica Blacklist compilation. They were the only ones. That's the only song that they only had one person cover it. It was just Rod and Gab. All the other songs they did multiple covers of, oh. and that song was nominated for a Grammy. That's when I was at the Grammys this year. Was for that song. Wow. Um, awesome. And I just feel like people need to hear it. That was great. Yeah, yeah, that was great. No, that, 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 no. Absolutely captivating. And in my head, I was like, "This is late period Metallica." Like I'm hearing, <laughs> like I'm hearing James's voice. I'm like, "This isn't them doing." Because I know that they do a lot of earlier stuff. I didn't realize that they were going to be doing that. That's killer. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thanks for bringing that, Brian. Oh, well, I will bring us home, please, with a hidden treasure from a long time ago. Actually, um, you know, relatively speaking, um, this is a record that I used to listen to all the time when it came out in 1995. It's it's from a record from Emergency Broadcast Network, and this is a song that. Uh, the whole album uses a lot of samples. There's some rap. Um, but this is a song that sort of takes what we were talking about, which is people appropriating rap um, ideals in terms of guns and shooting people. And they kind of go through the whole thing. Uh, we won't have time to listen to the whole song, but I encourage you to listen to the entire song Shoot the Mac 10. Let's see that again. Ready for that. Ready for this? With the Mac 10 nobody gets away today from the spray of a burst of a 30 round box magazine. is a clean little unit, only weighs 8 pounds in a big 10 inches. Highly efficient with a rapid rate of fire at 1100 rounds per minute. Don't move, don't blink, don't laugh. It'll cut you in half. It's a killer machine, a 9mm feed. Nice balance, compact, real easy to conceal. And it sells real well all the way to Argentina, Israel, Yugoslavia. Run incorporated from New York to Detroit, all the way to the hood. I'll shoot the Mac 10. Wow. 
Tell us who that is again. <laughs> so that's Emergency Broadcast Network from Telecommunication Breakdown in 1995. And wow. they run through the whole thing wow. yeah, with appropriation and misinterpretation. But you got to hang in there. And it's shoot the Mac 10. Wow. Yeah, I enjoy it. It's fun. That I enjoy cool. it. Yeah, thanks Insane. for bringing that to the table. Absolutely. Insane in the membrane. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what's insane in the membrane is we are at the end of this dad band land and we are bidding a fond, not farewell, but have a good time out in the world to our yeah, beloved exactly. Brian Frank. Brian, thank you for your service and thank you for your continued service Absolutely. to Dad Band Land and all Dad Band Land associated products. Have a great time out there. <laughs> and uh, we listen. are saying goodbye to 2022, though. And goodbye to 2022. Yeah. We are. Which has been our debut year, right? I mean, we started, this landed in 2022. It's right? our best year ever. It is our best year. You know, my. Uh, my favorite podcast of 2022 was Dad Oh, Band. nice. I heard that Mine one. We should have opened with that. Mine yeah. too. And we'll be back in 2023 to talk to y'all. We'll even have Brian here occasionally. All right, send your questions, your comments, and what you're feeling about the new year to dadbandland at gmail.com. Follow us on all the socials. Dad Band Land is produced by me and Jeffy Branion. Opening music montage by Kyle. Editing and Starburn production by Kyle McGraw. Our theme song is by Adam Korn. And we'll see you next year. Dad Brandland, everybody. DBL 22. DBL. DBL. Starbands Audio. A, podca <clears throat> A podcast network.